0: Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Ayer with you after the first day's play of the third test, the pink test at Sydney. And it was a shortened day. And we have with us uh, someone who's just off ball-by-ball commentary duties for the first time in this series, Saurabh Somani. Welcome to the pod. Hey, Karthik. Nice to be here. It's good having you as well, Saurabh. And along with Saurabh today, we have the familiar voice of Deba and Sen.
1: Hi, Karthik. Hi, Saurabh. Hey, Deva. Looking forward to discussing what was quite an interesting day in the end.
0: Yeah, it, it sure was. And um, Saurabh, I want to I want to start with you. You are coming off comms. It was a pretty stop-start day because of the rain interruptions. Your your overall impressions on how today was with Australia at a score of 166-2 for two, with India having bowled just the 55 overs.
2: Right. So, undeniably, Australia have the advantage after the first day's play. Of course, uh, there's going to be you know a focus on two dropped catches, and also maybe the bowling wasn't as penetrative as uh, we have seen in the past two tests. But uh, you know this is uh, an Indian attack that is not the first choice Indian attack at all. So it makes a huge difference when you have a Bumrah, Shami, Ishant, and Umesh as backup versus Bumrah. Saini Siraj, Saini and Siraj are both really fine bowlers. They have done well for India A, but they have played a combined one test. So you know you can't really expect miracles from them. I think so. Everything sort of aligned for Australia in that uh, the inexperienced attack meant that Steve Smith didn't have to come in very early, unlike the last few last two tests. And that also meant he came in against the older ball uh, with Ashwin. Um, you know, not able to dominate him the way he had done in the first two tests because he didn't have the fast bowling support that he had in the first two tests. So all of that combined and you know now Steve Smith he just needs that little bit of a window that is enough to shuffle across his stumps and just get away and that's what he's done.
0: Yeah okay so fair enough. I take your point when you say that it's not India's first choice bowling attack that that was on the field today. But how about the keeper? Is this India's first choice slash best wicketkeeper in a test match?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. Obviously, the best keeper is Saha. Is, is he part of the best 11? Personally, I think Saha's batting is underrated. Uh, and, you know, it's not as if by including Pant, you're getting a vastly improved batsman. You're getting a better batsman for sure. But I think Saha's batting is underrated, and uh, which is why I would sort of have him first. Uh, but again, I I don't want to be too harsh on Pant, you know, young kid, and he's had so much scrutiny more than almost anyone else. So you've got to feel for the guy a little. And that uh, second catch that he missed was a little tough. I, yeah, it should have been taken, but it was not a dolly. And, yeah, sometimes those do go down. What do you do? You know catches do go down, and the thing with the great bowling attack is that you don't notice the catches that go down as much because another chance is created, and that is usually taken. But what happened here was that those were two of the only those are half the chances of the day, you know, like four chances were created. Two went
0: down and two got wickets. No, you're you're right about that second effort. I think it it was to do a lot to do with his video. I think maybe people expected him to do those rotating handstands and take that catch. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, that's what it seems to be. But Devan of is right there when he says that sometimes the scrutiny on Pant is rather unfair. But the factor of the matter is that he dropped a pretty simple one when Ashwin was bowling to Will Pukowski. And it is obviously going to generate a lot of chatter in India circles that your best wicketkeeper is sitting on the bench, having probably not got a fair shot, just the first test match in Adelaide, the pink ball one. And here you have Rishabh Pant, who, when he makes a mistake, it will come into the spotlight. Where where do you stand on Pant versus Saha? And there is probably a case to be made, and I've seen it mentioned, that maybe...
1: Both should be in the side as well. Because a lot of test teams play with more than one wicketkeeper in their level. Yes, uh, I have seen that chatter as well. But I am pretty much with Saurabh on this. And you have to remember that, uh, you know, between the two of them, they have played the first two test matches. And you tell me, you know, which of them featured in a winning side. So, sometimes that is where uh, it can skew the public opinion a little bit. So, what uh, you get with Rishabh Pant is you know that there will be the odd error. You expect that. Because his technique has never been, you know, the cleanest. He does... He actually pulls off a lot of spectacular catches, but that's only because his feet really don't move. So he ends up having to dive, having to stretch a lot more than regular keepers. And uh, Ridiman Saha, of course, is an outstanding keeper, but even he made mistakes in the first uh, match. I think he dropped two catches if memory serves me right. So uh, you will have errors of this sort from keepers, and they will get magnified. But uh, that being said, in this current 11, with the absence of senior bowlers, uh, with them having to shoehorn uh, Ravindra Jadeja in as an all-rounder. I mean, uh, full uh, respect to him. He is, you know, developing into a genuine all-rounder. But in that sense, I think Rishabh Pant is probably the more sensible option because he adds a little bit more aggression into that batting lineup. So that is probably the only logic that they've gone with. And if you have to play both, then it again creates a problem because who do you drop? Do you drop a genuine batsman in Hanuma Vihari or do you drop one of the bowlers? Because as we saw today, I mean, of course, we'll, we'll go into the lens of that. Uh, It was a tricky thing to uh, deal with for Ajinkya Rahane. The fact that there was a stop start day, there were some unusual session timings. So getting the most out of his bowlers on a day one pitch, which actually, to be very honest, looked very flat. I mean, earlier before we just went on air, I did tell you that I have a feeling that this match will not produce a result. And that feeling is based on what I saw from uh, the pitch today, that there's not much in it. Maybe towards the end of uh, this test match, there'll be some turn for the spinners and that's where i think the key thing will be the indian first innings if they are able to bat well enough then they can put perhaps australia under pressure uh, otherwise i think this is the kind of pitch where uh, both teams can you know put post a uh, pretty huge scores and not really be able to force the issue
0: yeah just just to go back a bit uh, Saurabh, i want to talk a little bit about india's selections heading heading into this this test match and i know the proof of this will only come after india bat but it it is not sitting right with me that you started a series with two openers and in two test matches both those openers have been have been discarded. I mean, you can spin it in every way, but it it doesn't seem like it's a very good look for India. Uh,
2: yeah, I agree to an extent that it's uh, not a good look that you know uh, Prithvi Shaw and Mayank Agarwal are both dropped after being your first choice openers in the first test, and uh, of course it's true that. Nothing drastic can generally happen from test number one to test number three. So, you know, why the change? But I also think that particularly with Shaw, at least, I think they made the right call. Uh, I, I think I wouldn't I, I won't say they made the wrong call in picking him because he was the incumbent. And, you know, this team has shown, this team management has shown that they, they do like to give the incumbent guys... A longer rope, Uh, you know. It's typical of every good side that it should be harder to get in than get out of it, and that's how the Indian team has functioned. And they are a good side; Uh, they are amongst the best test sides in the world. So that's how they've functioned, and uh, so that's why I could understand Shaw playing the first test, but I could understand Gill playing the second also because uh, you you had given Shaw that chance, and it looked like. Whatever issues he has, still need a little bit of work. And Gil had looked better in the warm-up. But, but sure, this seems extremely
0: hard on Mayank, right? I mean, a little over a year ago, he was scoring double centuries in test cricket.
2: Right. So, I was coming to that. So, now, now in the third test, you have your original first-choice opener available in Rohit Sharma. Who's not just the first-choice opener, but he's a senior in the side. And they made him vice-captain too. I mean, even if he was not vice-captain, he would still be like a valuable... Uh, senior sounding board uh, so n- now he is available and in the from the previous test you have shubman gill who has done well and mayank who has failed for two tests so what do you do it's a bit of a it's a it's a very tough position for the management i feel uh, i wouldn't have blamed them uh, if they had not uh dropped mayank i can't bring myself to blame them if they have dropped also i feel like yeah it's it's like it's one of the situations where Whatever call they make is is made in a difficult situation, and uh, they have chosen to go one way, and that's fine.
0: So speaking of Mayank Agarwal specifically, Devan, uh, again, I'm I'm coming from a point where I feel this is this is harsh on him because India would play one more test. We don't see him getting into the side for the fourth test, wherever it is being going to be held, and then comes the tour against England, where where there are probably four openers vying for those two spots. Uh, can can he get back into this India Test level, especially with home series coming up?
1: Yeah, I think he can. I don't think uh, one should discount that. But uh, you'll recall that when we discussed the aftermath of the second Test match, I was already beginning to suggest at that stage that Mayank Agarwal will get the sack. And it was simply because he just wasn't looking convincing. He was uh, looking like a walking wicket towards the end of that second Test. And uh, Mitchell Stark, in particular, was really enjoying the fact that he's just adopted this very strange, really high backlift, which just wasn't working for him. It was making him a uh, sitting duck for that in-dipping quick ball. So um, why, you know, risk having that happen to you again in a test match like this? And especially when you're trying to accommodate somebody like Rohit Sharma, who, let's face it, has been one of your best batsmen across formats. And Essentially, what it boils down to is that you need in Australia to succeed, you need uh, both kinds of uh, ability. You need good defensive uh, technique as well as the ability to play, you know, uh, to sort of score freely once the ball goes a little softer. So I think I see it a lot more with Rohit Sharma than I do with Mayank Darwal. He's a very good player and he'll get his chances. I think it's the same for uh, Prithvi Shaw as well. Um, it's a long season ahead. Uh, there are four test matches to go further up against England. So uh, I'm sure all the openers will be in business again. but. For the moment, you need to go in with the 11, which works best for you. There were also suggestions of maybe retaining Mayank and uh, replacing uh, Hanuma Vihari with Rohit Sharma. But that also wouldn't have been fair on Vihari, who has had a fairly decent tour thus far. He, he scored a century in the second warm-up game. So, um, you've got to keep your faith with people who are still performing to an extent.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe I was just worrying a little too much. Devan, at the start of this podcast, Saurabh spoke about, and rightly so, about the inexperience of, of this bowling attack. But I just have one question. Is there anything that we need to worry about from India's point of view with uh, Jasprit Bumrah and Ashwin? They've both gone wicketless today. It was a shortened day. But from what you saw in the way they were bowling,
1: is there is there something to worry about here, especially on this Sydney pitch? Uh, not so much to worry about in the sense that I thought they bowled pretty well. I don't think the figures reflect the number of times that they had the batsman sort of second-guessing. Uh, late in the day, there was a beautiful ball which Ashwin bowled which dipped quite late on Smith and you know took the uh, pad and could have easily clipped the off stump. It was just one of those days where things sort of didn't go right for them. And even Jaspreet Bumrah had a few very good spells right through the day. Um, I think the bigger concern is about uh, what's happened in the past with some Premier bowlers, especially in inexperienced attacks, that you end up over bowling them and you end up injuring them. So that's probably the only... Uh, concern i would have but i'm sure the indian management will look at that they will take that into account jinkia rahane will be aware of the recommended workload and they wouldn't want to exceed that of course in this team you would expect them to do a lot of bowling i think Ravindra jadeja was only used right towards the end of the day but he'll have a lot more bowling to do so in that sense i was probably a little surprised that he was given the ball quite late because after especially after david warner went the top order was all right handers so uh, certainly could have turned to jadeja a little earlier as well also to speed up the overrate a bit uh, from time to time but I I think all said and done I would not uh, you know complain too much about how the Indians bowled today how they captained today of course the catches should have been taken and then it could have been a completely different game especially that first catch had it been taken you would have had uh, Ashwin you know bowling with his tail up to Steve Smith coming in with the other batsman also not that well set. So it could have been a different situation we could have been looking at say 120 for 4 or 5 at the end of the day but that's the way test cricket goes you don't take your chances you are made to pay for them so let's hope that they gather their thoughts well and come back tomorrow i think it's critical that india are able to restrict uh, Australia to about, say, 350 or 400 at the most uh, to, to really stay in this contest.
0: Devan, why didn't Chadeja bowl earlier though? Because there was a point, I think, when uh, Smith was batting along with Manas Labushin where the, where the runs were coming at a pretty good click. I mean, he p- could have been and would
1: have been the one to
0: probably stem the flow, right?
1: I think uh, this is the issue which sometimes happens when you carry five bowlers, that you, you are a little concerned about when and where exactly to bowl, uh, guys. And it's, I mean, usually with captains, it is an instinctive call. So uh, because today was a stop-start day, because there was such a big rain break in between, because there were two, essentially two short sessions either side of tea. So uh, I think what Ajinkya Rahane was trying to do was bowl his best bowlers as much as possible, which meant like longer spells for both uh, Bumrah as well as Ashwin. And he also had to sort of make uh, Navdeep Saini feel comfortable enough to fit in at some stage. So he I think brought him on in the 31st over. And he was looking quite expensive to begin with. So, uh, when you were talking about team selection, this was the only one I was a little concerned about. Because, of course, Saini was, you know, next in the pecking order. But having seen him in the warm-up matches as well, uh, he can be a little bit erratic. So, that's the only concern that he's not the kind of bowler that you would expect to be able to uh, sort of rein the other team in. And if you notice, that was the spell where uh, runs started flowing and it, it started flowing from both ends. So, even though he picked up the wicket of Pukowski with a very good fuller ball, um, that was one area where the pressure just eased off a little bit from the Australians. Before that, I think their average or their run rate was hovering more around just two and they ended up with pretty much three runs per over for the first time, I guess, this series. But um, I I think it's a tricky one. I mean, captains, when they have five bowlers, uh, especially when two of them are spinners, on a day one wicket, it's a difficult call about when and where to bowl them much easier if it's a full day's play. Uh, on a sort of a staggered day of play, it's always going to be a tricky uh, proposition for a captain.
0: Sorab, on this podcast, it is a well-known fact that uh, Devan is a big fan of Ajinkya Rahane. And he advocates for him more often than not. And more often than not, Devayan is proven correct also about Rahane. But can it be said that this is probably today and maybe heading into tomorrow is probably the toughest test of his captaincy?
2: Yeah, this definitely is. You know, I mean, you can talk about captaincy all you want, but it's basically a great bowling attack that makes a good captain. You know, you you form your plans, and if the bowlers can't execute them, then you end up looking lost on the field. And when they do execute them, now you end up looking like a genius. Obviously, captaincy uh, there are good captains and bad captains, but it's so much to do with the resources that you have. So, that is why I think this is going to be a a real test for Rahane because this is a bowling attack that uh, is inexperienced. I wouldn't say it's bad. You know, I have seen Saini bowl in domestic cricket when he's on fire and he really looks the deal at that time. And uh, like Debian said, though, yeah, he can be erratic, you know, and he can leak runs. But when he switched on and uh, he, he really looks good. So maybe uh, Rahane heard a little in persisting with Seni, even though he got the wicket. So, but there also you can give Rahane that margin. You know, like the guy has got a wicket, so you can't just take him off. So, but in hindsight, you can say maybe yeah, he heard. Uh, and as an observer, I was also a little puzzled about Jadeja's really late entry. But as a ball by ball commentator, I was quite thankful. <laughs> <laughs> Now,
0: okay, so Australia, of course, before before the series started, we thought the openers were going to be David Warner and a debuting Will Pukowski. It's taken us until the third test, but uh, sort of finally we got to see these two in action. But it wasn't Warner who stole the show. In fact, it was the debutant. He went on to score what was it, 62 on debut, and and it seemed like a pretty a pretty good knock before he was trapped lbw by his fellow debutant, Navdeep Saini. I'm going to come to the leg before wicket part because when I was going through ball-by-ball commentary, I don't know if it was you, Saurabh, or Hemant, but there was a lot of chatter that he is a prime candidate to be to be trapped leg before wicket. But it's such an impressive story, right, about Pukowski. I mean, we won't go through it. Uh, our fellow colleague, Andrew McGlashan-Nasher, has put up a great timeline on the website. So, listener, do go check that out. There's a lovely photo doing the rounds of him and Ponting as well. But Saurabh, sort of considering you watched the entire day's play, your first impressions and where is this young talent's career headed?
2: Yeah, I mean, see, first impression was that uh, he was an LBW candidate, as everyone was saying, because uh, it, it was Hemant on comps then, by the way, not me. But, like, yeah, he does shuffle across and, and all, you know. But then we have seen Steve Smith do that and average 16 test cricket and pretty much score runs everywhere he wants. So, uh, the, I think that Steve Smith's career should teach us that uh, there is no such thing as a technique that won't work. Because it all depends on the guy, you know. You, you can make it work. It depends on your balance and it depends on hand-eye coordination and other stuff. So, so Will Pukowski, sure, he could go on to have a, a good career for Australia. Uh, good, good debut innings. Although he did have uh, what I consider three chances. Two drops and one of uh, one, one was a missed run out opportunity actually he had really creamed one really nicely through cover and Bumra slipped while trying to gather the ball and put in i think because of the slip a very weak throw and pukowski had just charged down he was you know almost 80% of the way through to uh, to the other end and marnus Labushain had hadn't moved so a, a, a good flat throw to the keeper's end and pukowski would have been gone uh so yeah he did get three chances but you know at the end of the day the scoreboard is going to show he got 60 odd on debut
0: deban i i just love his look i love i love his hair i thought it was a very old school look until i saw our friend and colleague Arjun Nambutri's uh, Twitter feed, where he compared Pekovsky to an Indian movie fan should know this Bobby Deol, and and they look exactly <laughs> the same. Uh, so now, now I can't unsee that, yeah. But they were from what you saw of Pekovsky, or uh, he looks he looks like a cricketer you want to watch again, right? You will give him a chance.
1: Yeah, yeah. That aside, there was another really funny tweet uh, by one account I follow who said that uh, essentially. Rishabh Pant is carrying on his babysitting duties by making sure that Pukovsky is not harmed in any way today. So <laughs> That I thought was also quite clever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think exciting new, uh, young talent. He's got the volume of runs and obviously the uh, experts rate him quite highly. They were looking forward to his debut. And considering his you know past uh, relationship with the short ball, it was interesting that the Indians actually didn't test him as much as I anticipated they might. And one or two of the times that they did, they almost got his wicket. So um, that, that's something that I'm sure will be, you know, preyed upon by a lot of other teams as well. But, uh, on the whole, pretty organized. And I mean, uh, not just him, I think overall today, Australia were quite positive. And I think they also realized that in the past couple of tests, they have allowed the Indian bowlers to dictate terms a lot more to them. So there was this uh, element of making sure that the innings moves along a little rapidly once it got a little soft, once the ball got a little soft. And I think they recognize that it's not a pitch where, uh, you know forcing a result will be easy which is why you have to score runs at a fair clip i think the last session was a good example of what australia need to do and they'll be hoping that this partnership can blossom further and they can see it through to the second new ball so that they can keep that kind of momentum going and let's not forget that matthew wade is still in to come at number five i think that's a much more natural position for him than opening and he has had a very good record in recent years at that position so There's still some decent batting firepower to come. Cam Green in recent uh, innings has shown that he has got that quality. So for Australia, most things have been, most boxes have been ticked. And they'll be hoping that there's no rain tomorrow, I think. In the forecast, I saw maybe some showers towards the morning. But as long as it stays away, then uh, they can sort of set this up perfectly for themselves.
0: Right. So, this podcast would also like to give our congratulations to Claire Polosak, who became the first woman to officiate in a men's test in 144 years. I mean, it is the first time it happened in the 144-year history of test cricket. She's, of course, the reserve umpire at the SCG for this match between Australia and India. Guys, before we end, Saurabh, and I'll start with you, has Stephen Smith come back to Sydney and found his hands again? He looked good for that little period that he was at the crease, yeah.
2: He looked really good, and I think he has. But all I can think about right now is uh, entrance themes for Test cricket and Will Pukowski walking out to Bobby Devil's "Soldier, Soldier." <laughs> 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 all right, so I've completely derailed this spot. Devan.
0: I'll leave the final word with you. Your uh, expectations for tomorrow? Yeah, are we going to see runs and more runs? And I, I know you said that this match looks like it could be heading. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say draw, but I would at least say that. What, what you mean is it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game and both sides' first innings is what's going to matter.
1: I think so. And I think uh, there'll be an interesting parallel to, you know, one of my favourite uh, Sydney test memories because, as I've often said, even even during the stump, Mike, you have mentioned that the 1991-92 tour of Australia by India was, you know, one of my first contacts for the sport. So, the Sydney test there, Australia scored about 313. So, I don't mind giving them even an extra 100. Uh, make your 400, but then India I think responded with something like 600 plus. Uh, Ravi Shastri, the current coach, got a double hundred. So we we have another Mumbai car as an opening batsman this time. So I don't mind a double hundred from Rohit Sharma either. And uh, a very young Sachin Tendulkar got a hundred. So maybe Shubman Gill to get a hundred because that would be really just the ideal script if the opening partnership can fire in a big way. Then India actually I think has the capability to reverse the pressure on Australia. But yeah. Uh, as i said before i think it's set up well for australia if they bat well tomorrow they can uh, maybe get up to about 500 by the end of the day towards the end of the day and then uh, they could really put india un- under some serious pressure with their fast bowling attack but um, a lot will depend on how the weather holds up if if there is you know full days play then uh, then it's definitely advantage australia really as of now so, Sarab, are you
0: going to be on comms throughout the test? And do our listeners and the rest of the viewers need to join you early, considering we had a short day today?
2: They do. They do. Uh, it's going to be a 10 a.m. start tomorrow. I'm going to be on comms throughout the test, yes. And so, that that's 4.30 India time, 4:30 right? 4.30 India time. So, wake up nice and early. Have the coffee and tea and whatever ready. And yeah. And just on that 91 test, uh, Dubai and they were, Australia had a blonde debutant in that one also, right? Yep. <laughs> Although he was bowling oh, yeah. That's a good way to end this A bit of nostalgia But we will be
0: looking forward to tomorrow as well Australia with an advantage It's only slight for now So we'll see if India can get themselves back into the test Devan and Saurabh, thank you so much for joining us on
1: Stump Mic We'll talk to you soon Cheers